You are listening to the Plant-Based Performance Podcast. I am Kayla Slater, your host, plant-based marathon runner, registered dietitian, online nutrition and run coach, and plant-based foodie. This show is about giving plant-based endurance athletes and active individuals evidence-based information and practical advice so you can be healthy and perform at your best. You will hear from me as well as other clinicians or coaches on how you can live a plant-based lifestyle for your health and performance. Let's go. And we're live. Hi, everyone. I am Coach Kayla, and I have a guest today, Dr. Tayer, and I am so excited to talk with him. Um, He recently wrote a book. It's called Open Heart, about his journey going from um, being a, a physician and uh, having right, bypass surgery and running marathons and even running up Mount Kilimanjaro, which is amazing. So we're going to talk to him today um, about his journey. Uh, and this will be, let's see, um, I think I think episode 64, this will be on the Plant-Based Performance Podcast. And if you guys are live, since we are live, let us know you're here. Um, and let us know, too, if you have any questions, you can post them below as well. So we'll get right into it. So, Dr. Tayer, tell us more about yourself and, uh, yeah, the, your, your journey. First of all, uh, Kayla, thank you so much for inviting me on your show. You're welcome. And uh, I really appreciate all the amazing work you are doing. Now, yeah. having said that, I am a practicing physician uh, doing telemedicine right now, uh, living in Atlanta, Georgia. Now, to help your uh, viewers understand a little more, and I can be helpful if I tell them that I wear three hats. And I'll explain to you what these three hats mean. First of all, I'm a physician but I am a resurgent physician. What does resurgent mean? Resurgent is that now I'm more likely to treat the cause and prevention of chronic diseases. Diseases like, you know, heart disease, diabetes, obesity, high blood pressure, then treating the consequence of the disease. Once it happens and then you use the pills and then you use uh, surgery, So obviously there is a place for conventional medicine uh, after it has happened, but not in chronic disease. So this is my first hat that over a period of time, I've changed and become now a resurgent physician. Now, there are a lot of resurgent physicians who have written great testimonials in my book too, T. Collins and Neil Bernard and all those. But what I have a little different is my second hat. I'm a heart disease patient, survivor. So I've been on the other side of the fence. So I know exactly what heart disease patients feel or chronic disease patients feel. So that is my second hat. And the third hat, which will go with your group more, is that I am a septuagenarian endurance athlete. And I did it because of the plant-based diet. 
So we'll come to that as how it has helped me more than when I was on a non-vegetarian diet. So these are the three hats that make me feel that this is because treating the consequence after the disease has happened is like, you know, <clears throat> mopping the floor, mopping, keep mopping the floor and uh, say uh, uh, around an overflowing sink when all you have to do is turn the faucet off. So that is where I come from. This is what I'm doing right now and I enjoy doing it thoroughly. I tell people I am 74, I'm going to be 74 in March, but I tell people I am just 13 years old because I started living at the age of 61. Wow, <clears throat> awesome, so awesome, thank you. So can you tell us more about your journey and how um, how you've led to a plant-based diet and eating more whole food plant-based, right? And then also um, getting into marathons. Well, let me, let me tell you, Kayla, most of my adult life, I was drawn like an addict to unhealthy, rich food to get my daily highs. Mm. I was drawn like a moth to a flame regarding the unhealthy food, the standard American diet of meat, eggs, dairy, and sugar, which is aptly called the sad diet, the standard American mm -hmm. diet. Now, all my life, I was a lover of these foods. And the thing is that I was a seafood eater. S-E-E. -E. I ate everything at sight. Trust me, you name a food and I've eaten it. <laughs> so being a seafood eater was not helpful. But on top of it, I was a couch potato. I hate to say this, but I was a sedentary slob. The only exercise I did was for my eye muscles looking at joggers running the park. So I was a couch potato. I was a, uh, eating unhealthy food. And then I came to this country with the goal of the American dream, pursuit of the American dream, which led me to a reckless pursuit of fame and fortune. So I, I worked long hours, but I paid scant attention to my body, physical and mental, and also to my family and friends. The only thing that I did good with conventional medicine was with my patients. But otherwise, my job robbed, my job robbed me of my make, attaining my a productive life, purposeful life, positive life. So, stressful life and all the things that I mentioned, there was, I was not surprised when heart disease came knocking at my door. And I was given an option, either have an open heart surgery or get 
stents. I didn't want anybody to open me up. So I opted for the stents. My plaques were so thickened, the atherosclerosis was so thickened that the surgeons, the cardiologists, not surgeons, cardiologists had to go with a diamond cutter to shave off the plaques. And in the process, I had a cardiac arrest. My heart stopped. And they had to shock me to get my heart beating again. You know, Keller, next morning when I got up, I had those uh, red paddle burns. Mm -hmm. And I was laughing so as not to cry and was telling the nurses, now I won't have to get a tan going on the beach. <laughs> so, and, and that was my state. Now, you, you would all think, that this guy has gone through all this, he'll change his life. I did not. Sorry to say I did not. In fact, I got angry. I got sad. I got depressed. I sat on my chair looking at the ceiling for long hours. And then I cupped my face in my hands and sobbing uncontrollably. These were terrible times. I had to be literally carried to a psychiatrist by my wife because I was unwilling to accept. My nights were terrible. My, my thoughts were, were, tormenting thoughts were running rats in my mind. So this eventually, your viewers should know that this eventually manifests into physical symptoms. So here comes the physical mm -hmm. symptoms of me getting this sinus infections and uh, bronchitis every year. They were my guests. Then I had what is called as uh, constipation used to worry me. With the constipation, I got hemorrhoids, which I got... Uh, mm. thrombotic piles, I got inguinal hernia, and then the infamous diverticulitis. You know, the small pockets in the colon, mm. and they get inflamed, or they get uh, infected. Twice perforations. And I was scared to death because the surgeons were ready, waiting, with their mm. knives in their hands to cut me open and take off my colon. So, then, and last prostate. So I went on one of my runs and because I did not take any fluids and then last prostate, I was admitted into the hospital. This was admitted into the hospital and they put large catheters to take out the clots, which was like somebody piercing an iron rod in your genitals. Uh. Now, so, again, there was no surprise when my stents failed. I had re-stenosis, and I had no other option but to go in for heart surgery, open-heart surgery. Now comes the transformation. Now you can see a smile on my face. <laughs> because I... As I was being led, I don't know what, you know, as I was being led 
into the surgery room. Into the, I thought to myself, I've got two options now. Either to retire, get on my rocking chair and live vicariously through my children and grandchild and wait for the inevitable death. Or try and make this setback into an opportunity of a comeback. And for some reason, Kela, this was an inflection point in my life. It's been carried into the uh, operating room. I look at the nurses and I said, you know what? I'm going to run a half marathon in a year's time if all went well with my surgery. And I recover well, I will do a half marathon in a year's time. They laughed. They humored <laughs> me. And I don't blame them. So some of them thought that this was anesthesia-infused talking. So, but trust me, I took up running. And we'll come across that with your question, why I took up running. <laughs> A guy who had not done one kilometer in his life was now starting to do a few walks and runs and start. The only difference is that most people like to run with a partner. I like to run alone. Because to me, it is meditation in motion. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the grasshoppers and the streams, the sounds and all that makes me in a meditative mode. So the time came in eight months' time, there was this national marathon, half marathon. Me and my wife went over there the night before. There was a dichotomy. I was excited as well as I was frightened. Will my enthused heart take me to the finish line or it'll fail? So surprisingly, I could not sleep. And I had a strange dream, Kyla. I dreamt I was representing my country in the Olympics. And as they put this medal on me, I started singing this Star Spangled Banner, <laughs> totally out of tune, absolutely out of tune. But I was there. And when I got up in the morning, I said, wait a minute, let's go. As I started, my little town in Gadsden, Alabama did not have hills. I'm looking at this Nashville Hills. I said, oh my God, how am I going to do this? So I said, wait a minute, just, just take it easy. Let's, let's forget about completing, not completing. Just enjoy, because the crowd was fabulous. The, the, the people who were, the, the, the bands were fantastic. Uh, they offered me beer and they offered me gin and tonic and whatnot, <laughs> you know, but there I was doing it. And I finally finished in three and a half grueling hours. But Kayla, I felt I was on top of Mount Everest. Awesome. That was my first success. After that, there was no stopping. I then went on to do the Boston Marathon. I then went to the first mm -hmm. Chicago Marathon, Boston Marathon. I did six half marathons. 
and then I went on to climb Mount Kilimanjaro and uh, Mount Kailash at 19,000 feet both. And then I tried to do, because I, I like newer challenges. So I said, let me do a triathlon. Now remember, in, in India, you don't, as a boy, as a young person, you don't learn how to bike and swim. Because if you learn how to bike on the roads, you will die. And you can't swim because there are no swimming pools. Very few. So the idea was that I had to learn this. And at what age? 64, 65. So I learned to put those clip-on paddles and learned how to fall without getting hurt. Because at a zero degree standstill, you are bound to fall when you learn. You, you must be aware of it because you must be biking with the clip-on pedals. Then I said swimming. And I did not know. I can't stand cold waters, Lake Lanier. So I went and got myself a full body uh, wetsuit. And as a man, excited, I go up there put on my wetsuit without putting the body glide. <laughs> which you're supposed to do with your wrist, ankles and all that. Now, I am trying to take it off. It just wouldn't come off. <laughs> I pulled right up to my waist. Now it is impossible. So I said, let me ask for help. I turned to my wife. I went down and turned to my wife. The first thing that she did was laugh. <laughs> then she took the leggings and pulled me like a ragged dog, trying to get that lower part out. It would not. Went and got scissors, cut the leggings about five inches on each side so you could get a better grip, took, pulled the wetsuit off. And with that, a lot of hair from my legs were also. And we had that moment of joyfulness in, in, in having done this. <laughs> the next day I went to uh, YMCA, tried my wetsuit. Nobody ever tells you, not anything even in Google, that I do only the breaststroke. I don't do freestyle, which other people do. And you cannot do a breaststroke with your wetsuit, period. Mm. You just float like a balloon. So that's my stories. And if people can, there are other uh, humorous stories in my book, but uh, I managed to do that. And then of course, jumping out of airplanes, I did a bungee jumping in New Zealand. That was fantastic. Wow. So all this was a great thing, you know? Yeah, that's amazing. Definitely amazing. Yeah. So do you think you needed to have this kind of traumatic event, you know, the, with having that, you know, that um, heart disease and, and that going with your heart, do you think you needed that in order to make that change? Or do you think you eventually would have changed your lifestyle just the way things were going? To be honest with you, I don't think so. I would have changed my lifestyle if nothing was wrong with me. And this is what I tell people. When I talk to people, when I talk to my patients, I tell them, that look, what happened to me should not happen to you. 
I did not realize that at the age of 56, I would have had this. Remember, genetics plays a part, but only 15 to 20% of your health outcome, even that can be mitigated by a very good diet, plant-based diet. So what I turn around and tell them, follow the six pillars of health, of lifestyle. And what I mean by that mm -hmm. is you have to understand that healthy eating is the first part. Your whole food plant-based diet, minimally processed, should be the thing that should be uh, what you should do, be doing. 95% of your calories should come from vegetables, fruits, beans, and legumes. Now, if you notice that there are the blue zones, are you aware of the blue zones? The blue zones are there in Japan, California, Italy. One common thing in the blue zones where they're centenarians, they live up to be 100 years, is that they follow, 95% of them follow up whole food plant-based diet. Of course, they do other things, activities, very normal. And surprisingly, I was a little taken aback, they also drink. Hmm. So that was an interesting thing. Oh, so uh, after uh, having read that, I started drinking. No, I'm. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, having having said that, uh, the next thing is activity. Your physical activity. So I tell my patients, look, you've got to be physically active, and you have to do at least five days a week of uh, moderate strain strenuous activity. Say run or jog uh, for 30 minutes or five days in a week. And if you're doing it for your heart, you should be able to get 70% of your heart rate, maximum heart rate. Now, the, the problem is that people do this and it becomes cumbersome. Oh, I have to do this half an hour. Let me get up in the morning, finish my half an hour, then sit on the desk for the rest of your day. <laughs> so the whole idea is, do that, sit on your desk, but move around. Go up, go down, do things. Just, and uh, uh, my grandson comes just for nothing. I horse around with him and punch him or he punches me and he, <laughs> at least I'm active. Yes. So, and then comes your, even you, you got to remember at my age and, and your uh the listeners and your viewers understand, especially if you are a little older, the exercise is not only aerobic, it should be flexibility, it should be uh, strength and balance, all this yes. should be incorporated. Stress management. Mm -hmm. Because the idea is that everybody has stress. Mm -hmm. If stress was a killer, then most of our prime ministers and presidents would be in a lunatic asylum. They know how to handle stress. So learn how to handle stress by meditation, yoga, what have you. And if you can handle stress in a way that it benefits you. Again, a very important thing, which I'm still trying to cope with, is a seven to eight hours of sleep a day with the six pillars.
And again, being so open with you and any of my podcasters, I have not achieved that. I'm trying. Uh, so, and it's getting better because I've started meditating now. So, and then, of course, uh, the question is uh, social relationships. We've forgotten that. We've forgotten to be supportive to each other. Kind words. Hey, what you, you, you write an obituary and you do eulogies of people who are dead. Why don't you talk to them when they're alive and mm -hmm. see how great they are? So I believe that also avoid substances, whether it is overeating, whether it is drugs, whether it is tobacco or tobacco, or whether it is alcohol. So these are the pillars that I tell them that learn from these. Because if you do this, you are going to live long. And living long, even modern medicine can make you do it, but not healthier. This way you live long and healthier. So this yeah. is what I tell my patients, you know. Mm -hmm. Yes, I love that. Yes, and I totally agree. We can, modern medicine can keep us living longer, but that doesn't mean our quality of life is great, right? Unless we change our lifestyles. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and I love these six pillars. So diet, exercise, stress management, sleep, social relationships. What was and the avoiding last? substances. Substance oh, avoiding abuse. substance abuse. Okay, awesome. I love that. Yeah, that's really great. So how has, you know, this journey that you've been on, how has this helped you to be a better physician or a better um, grandfather, you know, or husband, how you show up, how does, how is that, how does this journey help you, you know, with your treating your patients as well as your relationships? See, one thing before that, let me explain to you, Kayla, that eating a meaty, fat-saturated diet is ingrained in the American psyche. Yes. So, to change these people, it's, it's difficult because if you turn around and tell a 30-year-old or a 25-year-old that change your lifestyle, you say, why should I? I'm healthy. So we have to tell them that you are taking a risk because what they tell me is that, Doc, when it happens in the future, negative things will not happen to me. If I've got blood pressure, diabetes, medical science has got enough things to get me through. Yes, my friend, to get you through, to live a longer life, but an unhealthy life. So you are taking a gamble. Mm -hmm. Because if you know that atherosclerosis plaque formation starts at the age of eight, and they did the studies in the Sahara, Sub-Sahara Desert, when they took 161 American soldiers and they took the other uh, Nigerian uh, soldiers. And then uh, they did a study on them. And they, these are the people who died in the war. And they found that 
in the Nigerian, there was one person who had atherosclerosis of the coronary arteries. While 161, there were 62 of Americans, young soldiers who had that. It is diet. A diet is, it's not heart disease that is the leading cause of death. In this country, it is diet is the leading cause of death. So my thing is, in, you see, in choosing foods and in supporting the health, we should focus on supporting the health and um, of the 30 or 40 trillion cells in our body rather than appease the 5,000 to 10,000 cells which are in your taste buds, in your tongue. Think about it. You're appeasing just a few cells, but you are destroying your overall cells, trillions of cells. And we feel that it is not tasty, but that is disproved now. In my time when I was young, maybe, all you had was boiled food that was available. Now you go around your fabulous, fantastic vegan foods or whole food plant-based, whether you go to a restaurant or whether you go and cook at home, the same amount of recipes. And I try everything new. So that that is what I, I I'm a bad cook. <laughs> so I'll be honest with you, but I'm trying, you know, and I'll get there. Mm -hmm. So... This is uh, what I would say as 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 a as a husband. Uh, my wife noticed when I came from Mount Kailash. See, I am I am more spiritual uh, rather than being in organized religion. So I'm more spiritual, and and what I found was that when I was on Mount Kailash, you had to do the parikramas. You go around nineteen thousand feet. For three to four days, you're not changing any clothes. You are filthy. You're taken by a Nepalese company that, and they believe that if you're a pilgrimage guy, uh, pilgrims believe that if you die on this pilgrim, you go straight to heaven. So they don't really care. So it was when you do the parikrama and then you finally reach the point Everybody was high-fiving and they managed it. I walked away. I was in a place that I sat alone. This aloneness was different from the aloneness that was when I was depressed. When I sat on the chair and looked at the ceiling, this was a real solace to me. Then I realized I've driven the best cars. I've done the best things. I've eaten all the things that I wanted to. What was it worth? The basic life is to be happy and enjoy and be in the moment. So I didn't realize this. I forgot this. And then I came down. In a week, two weeks, my wife turned around and told me, something has happened. Your type, your personality is mellowed down. You become more of a listener, 
So that is what I did with my patients now. First, it was my way or the highway. Now, hey, wait a minute. Let me listen. And we were brought up in a cultural society where good part was we respected our elders. The bad part was no matter what they said, we just did it. Now I realize my grandson can teach me things. So I'm not the, of a view that I cannot learn. I'm learning every single day. So that is with my grandchild, my children. They have understood me. And my wife and my uh, daughter. Uh, my daughter is a federal government uh, attorney. And my son is a physician also. But my daughter and my wife gave up uh, meat about 30 years back because of cruelty to animals. People give up a non-veg carnivore diet for three reasons. Health reason, cruelty to animal, or environmental reasons. I gave it up for health. They gave it up for cruelty to animals. But having given up, no matter how, your plant-based diet makes you, clarifies your ideas. And now you are thinking, Oh, that is bad. It's cruel. How can somebody do this? And you know what the philosopher, uh, Jewish philosopher Maimonides said? That no, no illness, no disease that can be treated by that should be treated by any other means. Powerful words, yeah. simple words, but powerful, powerful words. And when I said this, because I give a lot of Zoom sessions and a lot of talks, they said, you're a doctor, you're saying this. I said, yeah. Think about it. No disease that can, that can be treated. I'm not saying that cannot be treated. That can be treated by diet. Should not be treated by any other means. That means all of our chronic illnesses. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have. Even even just read the other day, we are still, heart disease is still the number one killer. Mm -hmm. Number two is cancer still at this point in time. Number three is COVID. I'm not undermining COVID. I'm not undermining cancers. They're doing great work, continue. But I'm still saying that in heart disease, when people get a heart attack, 50% die with the first heart attack. So, mm -hmm. oh, uh -oh. I'm going to put this <laughs> off. Let it ring for a while if you don't mind. That's okay. Because I'll get so bad at all this, you know. <laughs> That's okay. I know. We learn every day. <laughs> I do too. Social media is changing so fast. I'm like, oh, I can't even keep up. <laughs> <laughs> So, so that was my uh, thing about uh, uh, doing that. And uh, I would like people to understand that uh, 
somebody, you asked me the question, what can someone do to start changing their lifestyle habits? Take small steps. If you are a great person, have got a great determination, uh, then by all means go go cold turkey. Otherwise don't. Take small steps. Because even Confucius, the Chinese philosopher said, the man who moves mountains starts by moving, uh, carrying stones. Mm -hmm. Small stones. Go back again to the six pillars. Try to explain to the un... Wine before you sleep. Avoid alcohol, excessive alcohol. That is what I mean, you know. And mm -hmm. uh, change the addiction pattern. And uh, for, you asked me one very interesting question. I don't know. It was someone that is new to plant-based eating and excess. What would you tell them? Yes. Uh, uh, that is what you had asked me, right? Yes. You see, there are two things over here, plant-based and exercise. Let's take exercise first. Okay. I always tell people the cheapest and the best exercise that you can do is run. All you need is shorts mm -hmm. and a good pair of sneakers. If you want to go into for golf, oh my God, I did that. And people would not invite me anymore because I was so bad at it. <laughs> so if you want to play tennis, there's a game things. I played that. It's okay. But still, you have to buy the rackets and this and that and join a club. Mm -hmm. Running is easy. Take small steps. Somebody once said, uh, running is a classical road to self-consciousness, self-awareness, and self-reliance. Uh, I like that. And age should not be a criteria for somebody to change their lifestyle. They can start running at, at a very slow space and go on doing more. And then ultimately your group, I mean, your group is doing not only marathons and triathlons and whatnot. I mean, that is amazing. And that I cannot do right now, but I wish I'd started earlier. But I'm doing what I can. But And I don't want anybody to follow my roadmap of climbing mountains. And all I'm asking them is the six pillars. So you get your exercise in. But if you are interested, then you can go ahead and do it. Mm -hmm. Now, regarding the diet, first of all, I tell people and I tell your viewers, be a flexitarian. Cut back on meat, eggs, dairy, sugar. Then what I did was, I'll give you my example. I think 80% of the people, especially in the Indian subcontinent and the South Asians, we are lactose intolerance. Mm -hmm. Even in America, people are lactose intolerance. Yes. So to give up milk was, or dairy products was easy for me. Then I love fish. So the pescatarian. For a long period of time, I couldn't give up my fish. Then when I gave up fish, I said, okay, now I'm going to be a vegetarian. But Kayla, I was a junk food vegetarian. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was a junk food vegan. And a junk food vegetarian to be a junk food vegetarian is worse than putting a piece of meat in your mouth. Example, mm -hmm. in India, 
80% are vegetarians. Why is India the heart disease capital of the world? We've got a cultural connection to oil, fats, ghee, all those things. Because if we have a pot of curry and if there is not a layer of oil, which is like the Valdez oil slick, then we are not doing justice to our guests. And all those processed, refined foods. I tell my patients, if you can't pronounce something in the back of a packaged food, don't eat it. Yes. So all these things, and then, and then, and, and try. If you're trying to give up something. So when I gave up dairy, I had to, because I love yogurt. So I had to introduce something else so that I did not miss my dairy. So came the soy milk, came the pea milk, the PEA. It's excellent because it's got a very high protein. Have you heard of the pea milk? Uh, uh, and then you have the soy milk, the pea milk, and uh, the almond milk. So these you can get if you like your ice creams and then once in a way, not sugar, high in sugar, you can eat those. You can have your ice cream, you can have your yogurts, so you're replacing. Mm -hmm. Then you want to give up eggs. So now you're thinking, how do I replace? This is a true story. In 2018, on New Year's Eve, I had three other couples who came over to spend the New Year's Eve with us in my house, home in Atlanta. And I promised them I was going to make them uh, scrambled eggs the next morning with all the spices and the condiments and everything else. The Indians love our spices. So mm -hmm. the idea was I made from hot tofu. Hot tofu, I scrambled it, put all the cilantro and everything else. And I gave them saying that this is a scrambled eggs. I kid you mm -hmm. not. Except for my wife who knew. The rest <laughs> of them said, wow, this is the best scrambled egg we have had. Then when I told them it was not eggs, then one or two said, oh, then it's not really good. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's here. Mm -hmm. So you are getting that Airline. food. If you like a burger, then use something which is earthy. Mushrooms, jackfruit, put up this in spinach on top, have that. I mean, you're a nutritionist. You've got so many degrees in all this. So I've got to learn from you, but I'm just telling you that these are the things. So replace with other things. Sugars, your raisins, your dates, you can make so many things along with that, with your mangoes and other things. Because remember, it's fructose. But if you take foods which are sweet, natural sweetness has fiber. So your circadian yes. rhythm of your uh, of your sugars going is very normal the way the body is supposed to because of the fiber. Mm -hmm. So with sugars, outside sugars, no way. So we are we are now. Uh, I hope you're not bored. No, no, I could, I could keep talking to you forever. No, this is great. I love it. You asked me about the resources. 
Yeah. So what are, what are some resources that were the best investment to help you on your own journey? So there are, were there anything that you used to learn more about whole food, plant-based eating? What was, you know, what did you learn from? Did you learn about how to run or did you just put on those sneakers and go out there? <laughs> I, I uh, love the movie, The Game Changers. Yes. Number one. Game. Number two, I love the group that you are in now, plant-based dietitian, nutrition and run coach. Awesome. I take that, I look at it once in a while and I put my comments because I think we put a comment for somebody who was re running a half marathon to Nashville in Nashville. Yes. I saw that. And then, of course, a prevent and reverse heart disease by Dr. Esselstein has moved me. Uh, yes. Dr. Michael Greger, How Not to Die. Mm -hmm. Not my uh, and uh, uh, a good app for meditation and yoga. There are lots of apps right now that you can invest in. And uh, finally, my own book. Because remember, my book, Open Heart, trust me when I tell you this, it has helped me more than all the reviewers and readers and testimonial writers. Because if I were to say something to somebody to change their lifestyle, if I'm not doing it, so reinforced, this talk after this mm -hmm. talk has reinforced me for the next five days or a week or a month. So I love to go on talks. It helps me sometimes more than the viewers. I love that. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. So talking about your book, how can people find your book? Um, yeah. And where do, where do I, they find you? I, I've written down, uh, I've written down in your, this thing, the link yes. in Amazon. Uh, AkilTaher.com yes. is my uh, website. Okay. Uh, if any of your uh, listeners or viewers has a question uh, and cannot get on to the PMDs, primary medical doctor, they can always put down a question for me and I'll be very happy to answer. Great. But please don't call me or put down a question saying I'm having acute pain in my right uh, lower quadrant. What do what do I do? Go to the emergency room. Yes. So, <laughs> or if you are having a heart attack, you know. So uh, that was uh, that was one thing that I really uh, appreciate. And uh, you asked me a very nice question, and nobody has asked me is. Uh, <laughs> What quotes or sayings do you go by? And the, this yeah. is what I love when you asked me. And I was looking at what really, the first thing is adversity can be your best friend or your worst enemy. It brings out into you, it surfaces uh, talents that would not have been there under normal circumstances. Or adversity for me was a great friend. But adversity to some of my patients, go on the rocking chair, die. Number two is diet is more important than exercise. You cannot outrun your diet. 
if I'm not talking about you guys who do major runs, but I'm talking about a person who does five kilometers, he'll burn 350 calories, goes to McDonald's, immediately 500, 700 calories. Mm -hmm. So that is the thing. Number three, this is very important. Do the thing that you fear most and death of fear will be certain. Mm. That's what I did. So the bungee jumping became a great thing because I was not scared anymore because I'd done jump from the airplane. And then it's not bad genetics that run in the family. It is a bad diet. Mm. Food can either fight disease or feeds disease. Man fools himself. He'll praise for a long life, then fears old age. Very apt. We all pray for a long life, but then we fear old age. Try and live outside your comfort zone. When I mean outside your mm -hmm. comfort zone, I don't mean only physical. Take up a game of chess. You're fearful. Oh my God, how will I start it? But do it. Do a physical or a mental challenge or gardening if you've never done. COVID helped me to do these things, to do uh, like gardening, which I did. And I, I was thrilled when things actually came and I got okra mm. and I got this for the first time in my life. Cooking, which I'm still, I'm not too good, but I'm trying. <laughs> so all these things are very important in one's life, you know. So one last thing that I want to talk to you about is why your patients should be on a whole food plant-based diet is, this is the last story, that I have done a 100-kilometer bike ride and I've done a 100-mile bike ride. A 100-kilometer bike ride was on a carnivore non-vegetarian diet. So I realized that I'm doing everything. I'm doing meditation, I'm doing yoga, I'm uh, exercising. But how come I always, after a long distance run or something, like a marathon or a half marathon, I'm in bed for six, seven days. There's something to it. Why will my diabetic light is still flaring up? Not as much, but still flaring up. And I said to myself, there's something that I'm not doing right. What could it be? I was eating better, but still on a non-best diet. When I did my 100-mile bike ride, this was in Mobile, and for some reason you do not have that cold, but that day was 26 degrees. And it was gale force winds. So as my wife and I were going, with my, of course she does not, but she was just accompanying me. We went over with the bike, and I saw two girls walking around and one of them fell because of the wind. So in that uh, 100 mile bike ride, I did not, after the bike ride, I told my trainer, my trainer was also with me. And I told my trainer, let's go back uh, home today. We were going to stay overnight. And I said, let's go. I, I don't re really mind it. But we had a vegan diet. And as we were going to my small town gets and I got a call from my clinic. Doc, we don't have anybody covering tomorrow. 
without batting an eyelid, I said, wait a minute, I'll do it. Eight and a half hours of gale force uh, cycling. Then six hours to go back to my hometown. Next day, 10 hours of work. Nothing. Wow. The power of plant-based. Yes. That is what yeah, I'm yeah. telling people. You do not require. You need 56 grams of protein and you need 46 grams of protein for women and 56 for men. Protein is protein. But what mm. is the quantity that matters in the amino acids? The amino acids in yes. the uh, animal protein is far higher that causes all the kidney disease and stones and cholesterol and whatnot, you know. Mm-hmm. If you if you yes. eat a steak, it is seventy eight grams of protein. So, having said that, my dear Kayla, I hope <laughs> you have you have any other question. I'm willing to answer. Yes, anymore. one more, one more question. If today was your last day on Earth, what would you want to know? Um, everyone to know that's on their plant-based running journey. What would you tell them? Keep at it. Don't give up. You will not only live a long life, but a healthy life. That is going to be inevitable, but it will not be your fault. Love it. Most of the people (laughs) who die these days, it is because we, it is our fault. Dr. Kim Williams, a famous cardiologist, said this. Death is inevitable, but I don't want it to be my fault. Yes. That's the thing I would do. But uh, you, you said uh, on the last day of work, I'm going to be a centenarian. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> yeah, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Awesome. It's, it's not the question when you die. It's a question of the quality of life that you lead. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I don't know about you, yes. but I somehow just got into. You have this persona yes. that makes you makes people want to just give out everything they have. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you so much. This was so fun. I feel like we could talk for hours and hours about this. It's my favorite topic, of course, to talk about this stuff. So thank you so much for joining. And I'm sure we'll keep in touch and talk soon. Please do keep in touch. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Take care. And if your viewers want, they can always. But tell them to write down in my uh, akilkaya.com. Okay. I will get the message. On your website. Okay, awesome. Yes, I'll link all your links right in the show notes. Okay. You have a lovely day, my dear. Thank you. You too. Absolutely. Yes, you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks so much.
much for stopping by on the Plant-Based Performance Podcast. If you could do me one favor and share this episode to someone you think would like it, I'd be forever grateful. Also, please leave a review by going to iTunes and let us know what you would like to hear more of. Or if you have a question, leave us a voice message. Thanks again so much. Thank you.